listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks, Fall Weather, and my new book, Kitty Cornered. I'm here with Linda. And we are doing a podcast as I stand here in our dining room looking out the window and I'm hoping to see the return of a female rose-breasted grosbeak that we saw this morning. And the fact that I reported it to eBird at this date and it's about two weeks earlier than they're supposed to be here. People don't believe it. No, I got a, the bird police contacted me and uh, want some kind of confirmation that we actually saw this bird. So I'm uh, So the thing has disappeared, uh, doesn't want to ever return. No, just so to I'm, prove Bob wrong. So I'm staking out the scene of the crime with my camera hoping that the perpetrator will uh, return and I'll, like, I'll get a photo. It's like wait, waiting for the watch pot to boil. Yeah, now you want to say a little bit before we really start going about the birds we saw yesterday or is that something on your list to talk about later? Which birds is that? The uh, rusty blackbird. Oh, yeah, we were um, taking a walk back in our woods, and on this, well, that was, yeah, and then we had walked all the way down this one path towards the end of where the we turned around, and high up on this fallen branch was a bird that we couldn't quite tell what it was. It looked like, um, oh, it looked like a red-winged blackbird, except it didn't have the red, and had this beautiful golden eye, and Bob said, that's a rusty blackbird, and then there was another one. They're walking up and down. They're walking up that branch. They were pretty tolerant of us being right there. That's a rare bird, by the way. Yeah, for for Michigan, Michigan. you don't see those very often, and they're just passing through. And we've hardly seen them at all, but I think it's... We never really even watched for them before. You might mistake them for a red-winged blackbird, except they don't have the red on the wing. Right, and they also look like a grackle without a blue head and with a short tail and smaller. I mean, they're... Does red-winged blackbirds have that golden eye? No, I don't believe so. So they got that pretty so. golden eye. Yep. Yellow one. So anyway, that's... That was cool. And sorry. then there was, what was that other bird? And the cowbirds walking on branches over the pond. That was a grackle. Oh, that was a grackle. Yeah. And we think it was a grackle that we raised a few years ago that we named Jabba the Hutt. And he seems to come back every year. We think it was him. Yeah, because we don't we don't get crackles. We don't here. get those around and here. And we're also getting a starling, starling. here. We, we don't get starling, so we figured if we see one, <clears throat> it was probably one of our babies that came back. Yeah, because we live in the woods and we just don't get starlings this here. Is, they like uh, either grassy areas or fields, and we just so when we see one, we're pretty sure it must be a returning baby. Yep. So I'm going to keep looking out the window with my camera ready, but um, I bet that bird doesn't come back till evening, if at all, because we they the gross beaks tend to come what in the morning. Morning and the in the evening yep. mostly. So it's hard to say. Even though it isn't an evening gross beak. Doesn't have to prove it any we we know what those look like. We've seen them for years and they just if the females have a very distinctive look. We know we saw one. Yep. Well I'm gonna talk a little bit first about uh, my book Kitty Cornered being out and um, 
it's a book about our uh, the time when we had six cats, and the book is about the um, uh, how we got the six cats, and it's also about Franny, the um, very skittish stray. And the book got a real nice boost the first week it was out. It got a short review in USA Today. That was so wonderful. Yeah, and in fact, the um, review appeared on Linda's birthday, right? That was odd because when it actually came out on the website... Hang on. Hang on, he thinks he sees the bird. There we go. Well, that was exciting. Even while we were uh, talking, the uh, grosbeak finally showed up. Of course, she'd show up when I had my hands full. But I got pictures of her, so I'm going to send that to the bird police, and I Same guess there. I'm not going to be arrested after all. <laughs> so what were we talking about? I don't remember. I don't either. We're talking about the, the book bird, coming out. and book coming out. Okay, and the book, the review appeared. Oh, yes. The What date was it it appeared on their website? It was the 12th. The, on the 12th, it was on the USA Today website. And it did not appear in the next day's paper, which he thought it was going to do. So, several days later, did somebody give you that? And How did you find that? Somebody mailed it to me. It mailed me a clipping. Oh. And I looked on the clipping and it said it was on April 17th. Which is my birthday. So it appeared on the day of my birthday. I was doubly shocked. I was shocked that it came out on April 17th, which is your birthday. And also right. I was shocked I didn't even know you had birthdays anymore. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, I was just joking. So that that was a, a just a gift from God. We thought to have that appear on that date, out of all dates. Yeah, I've been um, real busy doing um, interviews and things for Kitty Cornered, and I have to say now, of course, I want to thank all the um, people on the radio who have had me on their shows. There's no doubt about it that that's a great thing. Every bit helps. Every bit helps. But you know what? The life of a radio host is an, <laughs> an easy one. You got two hours to fill. Every single day if you're on five days a week. And so you don't pay a lot of attention to the people who are going to be on your show. Your producer does that. So consequently... Maybe you don't even care about those people. Uh-huh. Certain people. Uh-huh. And or about cats. And so several of the people whose shows I've been on never even laid eyes on the book until I'm right on the air with them and don't even know the title. And there was one case a couple of weeks ago from a station we <laughs> won't a say where, <laughs> where just before I went on the air, the producer said, okay, now your name is Bob Tart? I said, yeah. And he said, okay, and your name of your book is Kitty Cornbread? <laughs> And I said, no. Maybe that'll be the next book. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing that happens, too, is that um, I'll get some interviewers who, before we're on the air, I'll talk to them a second, because there's a lot of them tape the show to, um, you know, put together later. And they'll be laughing with me. Oh, I loved your book. Your book was so funny. They'll be laughing. And then they'll say, okay, we're going to record now. And they record. And they don't so much as chuckle as one mausoleum thing. I the whole rest of the not show. One chuckle. Then as soon as we're done recording, and so I'm sitting here, I'll tell a story, and when I'm done with the silence. story, silence, dead silence. And so then when I'm done with the interview, <laughs> they start laughing again and saying, "I can't tell you how much I love that book." <laughs> So anyway, that's, that's... If there's any of you folks listening out there that are going to be doing a radio show with him in the future, a little more kudos and interest in laughing. Yeah, I mean, I know people are busy, but I would think that you at least pretend to be excited about your guest. <laughs> it, would, it would be helpful. Yeah. Now, did you want to mention that bookstore appearance? Well, before we do that, you were um, able to come to one of my talks at a library here. 
Yes. This is the first time Bob's appeared up in Lowell, which yeah. over the first book came out in 2003. This is where I live. This is where he live. So oddly enough, he finally had uh, an appearance in the library at Lowell. And I, I um, went to that one. I can't usually go to them because it's too much sitting. Her back is bad. It bothers my back. I can't sit or stand very good. So I figured I could stand in the back and sit a while and stand a while. So I was very happy to go to that. And he did a great job. And, uh, I well, was, it was real fun. It was real fun having you there because you were able to. Um, put I got in to your, talk to. Yeah, put in your fifteen cents. Yeah, yeah. That's I always like to be able to talk. So <laughs> yeah, to talk so, so that's great. And um, my world tour for the book was um, what five places in southern Michigan, but that's okay. It, it went real well. It's so by the end well. of the month, you should be. I should over be done. I got one more yeah. in Lansing. You got to do two days and be in Ann Arbor two days and go bird watching. So that was a good thing. Yeah, although I didn't see any birds. Now, you wanted to say one thing about that bookstore appearance. About what about it? About the- Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was originally, it was scheduled for April 17th. This Am was I- at a local bookstore. This is a long time ago. They told them April 17th, and, of course, he immediately complained and said, I can't do it on that date. That's my wife's birthday. And they said, there's nothing we can do about it. It's already publicized, blah, blah, blah. You're stuck with it, blah, blah, blah. You have to do so it on April 17th. I was upset. You know, this is a long time ago. I was upset for a little bit. But when I realized there's nothing that could be done about it, I just resigned myself to it. So it was about, what, 45 minutes before the time? And so I we, was just about out the door to go to the well, bookstore. It was like half an hour, 40 minutes. We right. were going to eat. We had to, we we had to change already. our whole schedule. Eat. We didn't get... I like to have special food from a restaurant or something on my birthday. We, you know, pick it up, bring it. You know, I can't sit in a restaurant. And no, we had a Nick Zap plan, so we were just going to eat at home and really early so he could make it to his uh, date on time. And I get an email. He gets this email. From saying, the bookstore oh, manager. sorry, there's been a mistake, and you don't have it tonight. You're coming on the 8th This other guy. We're we setting have another up for this. author tonight. We, we were setting up for this other guy. Yours is tomorrow night. So I could, have, I could have had my birthday food on that night. Yeah, so I called the manager right away and talked to her. And I said, it's always been the 17th. You know, my people have always told me it's the 17th, the people who set the appointment up. The, and she said, well, they How always told possibly? me the 18th. So what happened was just, we just figured out I was the right given hand was one doing. date. The bookstore was given another date. So there you are. Up. And but. so I didn't get my birth. So we were going to have my birthday food the next night. But then on the next night, of course, he had to go to really go to the bookstore the next yeah, night. Yeah, it was like Groundhog Day. <laughs> so, but it so was a little mix up there. Yeah, but it worked out well. It was a great. So some of the people that there was a lady from Saranac that had, came all the way there that he tried to contact whoever he could think of to say, "Don't come tonight. Don't come tonight. It's tomorrow night." But you can't reach everybody, so. This nice lady from Saranac, she came the first night, and then she ended up coming the second night. He had a really good show of people the second night. We yeah, just, I did. Something I had close over, to 30, which is really good for oh, those Oh, for things. bookstore appearances? It's real good. He's had as low as like three, so. Uh, yeah, I once did a, um uh, appearance somewhere where the only people there were staff members. <laughs> and one of the staff members came up to me and said, but just before I went on, do you want me to introduce you? It's like, oh, yeah, Duh. like the other... Like the other so. two staff members don't know who I am. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's about it about the book. Oh, I want to yeah, and I want to mention that the book is it's kitty cornered. It's doing really well, 
It's been anywhere from this last couple of weeks, it's really hung in there as anywhere from the number three best-selling cat book on Amazon to like the number seventh or eighth best-selling cat book on Amazon. That's pretty good when it you consider really that how many cat It wasn't cat even books. out yet at one point. Yeah, at one point it wasn't even out yet. They had uh, pre-orders or whatever. Yeah, and Amazon sent out notices to everyone who had bought my earlier book saying, Kitty Cornered is coming out. And um, it was the number three best-selling cat book for a couple of days because of that. So it's doing real well. It's like the stock market. It goes up and down all the time. Yeah, that's right. But we are ecstatic over that. And thank you, Amazon, for sending those notices out. That really helps. Yep. Okay, so we're about 12 minutes into the show. We're going to have to actually take our halfway break in a couple minutes. So, But then after that, we'll talk about... um, Is there any quick item you want to get into? Well, we've had a lot of birds and ducks on the pond we've been seeing. We can talk about that later. But, you know, we have a big pond out here in the woods that forms. It's an overflow from the river from rains in the spring. And as a consequence, we get different kind of ducks and stuff, especially wood ducks. And uh, we've been having them come up on the hill to eat scratch feed, and we're very thrilled to do that. And we, we get that every year. What was the high number this year? 14, I think, yeah, something 14 like that. Wood duck. 14 just, or 15, maybe more. Yeah, and just last night, I think I counted eight. Did you? Yeah, even though they've been kind of fading because the pond is drying up. And this morning, I was real happy I saw female hooded merganser out in the pond, so that was really cool. This fat raccoon is chasing them off at night, though. I wish we could catch him. Yeah, that's the problem. we got a great big raccoon that chases him. And he sort of hoovers up all the scratches in piles down the hill, and he goes from pile to pile and eats it all up. So Yeah, and the problem is you go out and you try and chase the raccoon off, and the wood wood ducks, too. they make these really interesting sounds. Yeah, when they fly away, they make these really interesting noises. Sometimes they don't come back. No, no. But they're interesting ducks because ever so often we'll hear them over our heads, and it's not because they're flying. They're perched in trees. Yeah, that's why they call them wood ducks, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, they'll go way high up in a tree. Well, I remember how shocked we were. That's a beautiful picture sev- of one up in a tree. Yeah, several years ago, I remember how shocked we were, and we heard the sound and couldn't figure out where it is, and we looked up, and there's a duck in a tree. <laughs> They're a beautiful duck, by the yep. way. One of the prettiest ducks you'd ever want to see. Okay, so you are listening to What Were You Thinking with Bob and Linda, and uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Linda's going to talk about something new at our house. Something wonderful. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right, but that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals go to petcodeals.com that's petcodeals.com petco where the pets go i don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to angie's list first you'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you with angie's list i know who to call and i know the results will be fantastic angie's list you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking. T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. 
I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Eddie White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eyelash on Pet Life Radio? Welcome to Bird's Eye View on Pet Life Radio. I am Dr. Lori Hess here with Dr. Michelle Ravish, and we are both bird and exotic animal veterinarians. We work at the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics, an all bird and exotic pet hospital in Bedford Hills, New York. And this is a show all about birds. It's a Bird's Eye View, and we hope you'll tune in soon. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. Oh, in my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm Bob Tart, and I'm here with my wife, Linda Tart. And Linda, what did you want to talk about? Well, we now have, um, if you've listened to the other shows, you know that we had trouble with mink a few months back. We lost a bunch of pet. I guess we talked about that, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did a whole we show lost, about it. We lost uh, a bunch of our outdoor animals to mink, and we've been having to keep our an- outside animals in the barn in a safe pen. The only time they get to come out is three times a day for 30 minutes to an hour when we go out there and sit with them like shepherds. So... We have been looking for a man to build a pen within a pen out there that is safe, that we can actually keep them out in during the day without having to sit with them. And it wasn't easy finding anybody. We thought it'd be just easy Uh -uh. to find someone. Nope, nope. We found one guy, and then that didn't work out because he lived too far away, and we were a little bit uneasy about that. And there were other complications. There's complications with that one, so we just kept looking, and then the second one seemed per. I kept at, you know calling around, asking for referrals, and I would get names of people, and the second one sounded wonderful. I called this real estate guy in town. They used this guy and his crew for doing things around real estate places are fixing up, and he came over, and we liked him a lot. He was even a bird watcher, lived on a lake, and 
there was ducks in it. Just really like that guy. He was going to start in about three or four weeks, right? And well, originally he said in two weeks. In two, was it two weeks? Two weeks. And never heard from him and stuff. And then finally, uh, Bob emailed him and said, "Well, look, you know, it's good weather. We really need to be getting these guys out. Can you start when any time now? You know, like you said." He emailed back and said, no, if you need it done right away, you probably should better get somebody else. It'll be several more weeks before you can. So we were just like back to square one. We were very frustrated. Yeah, and the reason, what I want to mention is the reason that this is so urgent is that ever since January 1st, because that was our last mink attack was the morning of January 1st or the night of December 31st. Yeah, because remember Gary came over and it was on New Year's Day and Gary helped us. So ever since then, our ducks have been kept, our ducks, geese and surviving hen have been kept in a um, 60 square foot room in our barn. 6 foot wide by 14 foot long. It's a small Whatever it is, it's 60 square feet. It's 60 square feet. Five foot by 12 foot. It's small. Yeah, they're not cramped, but, you know, it's not ideal for ducks and geese. No, they like to be outdoors. And they come out three times a day, but they can only be out while we are right there. Yeah, they know. We told them. I know, but people might not listen to them. In spring, they like to be out. They always have been out for years. And more and more, we felt kind of increasingly desperate about the fact that these poor animals are cooped up inside. It's getting nice, nice out. weather. And they don't like it. And we want their pen fish. All right. We were getting really antsy about it. So, so when that guy heaven. said that, we were just like, oh, no. So I had to make a whole another series of phone calls, and I just, I didn't know who to get. All of a sudden, the name of this lady came in my mind that I briefly, I pet-sitted for her dogs, and I cleaned her house for a little while. For some reason, her name came to me, and I knew she worked in a store uptown. So I called up there, lo and behold, she answered the phone. And I said, we're just desperate. We've got to get somebody to build this pen. Do you know anybody? Because I knew she always had workmen around her house at that time. She says, well, there's this one guy, she says, but he's he's the best, but he's just too busy. You wouldn't be able to get him. I said, well, just maybe I could call him and ask him for somebody's name. So I did, and he agreed to come out and look. And we just liked him so much. We just And he agreed to do it, and he even came and did it when he said he was going to do but it. But talk about the problems you had. I mean, Linda did and just And then there was one other little job. glitch. Yeah, of, it wasn't little. <laughs> we, um, well, I, I mean, had to call over to try wire. to find wire, and I found a place where it was reasonably need priced and needed wire. 15 rolls of this certain kind of wire. It's, it's called hard, hardware cloth. Yeah, it's got little squares, and it, you know, we needed big rolls of it and stuff. And I finally found a place where it was the right price and the right number of rolls. Most people didn't have anywhere near the right amount of rolls. So I found a place, ordered it on the phone, paid for it by credit card. Everything was good to go. But just because the way our luck's been going lately, I thought I'd better call back the next day, make sure everything was fine for him to pay. He was going to have to go down and pick it up. We paid for it and everything. And um, I called there that morning of the day before he was going to come, and they said, we don't have any order like that. I said, Sure you do. I paid for it by credit card, and you had 18 rolls, and I took 15 of them. She said, well, I only see three rolls sitting here. I said, that's because I ordered 15 of your 18 rolls. They're laying around there somewhere. Could you please just look for them? And she said, she went and looked. She said, no, I just don't find them. I, she acted towards me as if I was calling the wrong store. She said, are you sure it wasn't the other store? It was a Plainfield store or this store you know, or another store. I said, I don't think so, because the other store only had five rolls. So she still acted towards me like I was making the whole thing up, and I was getting frustrated. So I called up the service desk because I thought maybe it got put up there 
and I called somebody else, I forget who. Anyway, long and short of it is, somebody told me to ask for a guy named Joel, because he must be a guy that carts, and this was not in that phone call, this was like several phone calls later. I did not want to get this original lady on the phone, because she was sick of me by that point. (laughs) So finally, this guy, I called again, hoping she wouldn't answer. And after I was transferred to that department, and a man's voice answered, and I said, are you Joel? And he said, no, I'm Joe. And I don't hear good half the time, so I thought, well, maybe he's right. I said, okay, Joe, all right. Are you the guy that hauls stuff around? And he said, yeah. I said, could you go look for this order for me? I know it's there somewhere. And just before, and he's okay, I'll do that. I'm busy right now. Just before I was getting paid, matter of fact, the car had pulled up to take me to the chiropractor. The phone rang about a minute before that. No, I think the car was out there. And uh, I picked the phone up. It was him. He said, I found it. So we had our wire. Now, and, you know, this thing has been complicated since day one because another problem is that to make a safe pen, we have to bury, some of the wire has to be under the ground. It has to be about, what, six, eight inches underground. The wire has to extend there, the fencing, so that if some animal tries to dig in, they can't dig in. in. So So we we had had a guy. So we had first found a guy who who had agreed to come and dig around the perimeter and because we're, you know, neither of our, us have good backs. Um, yeah, I can't even look can't at the shovel without So there's a guy, oh, sure, he'll do it because he had done some work on our other pen. And then all of a sudden, we could well, not get all of a sudden, I called him five, six, seven times. I'm renowned for calling people endlessly until they answer. She's so, the kung fu master of the phone. Yeah, I, I'd make a great collection agency person because I will just keep calling, like, you know, two, three times a day till I get the person. So I had, you know, I just called and called and called and called. I even called his cousin who... Who knew him very well and lived nearby and I said could you contact and he did and he said oh he'll call you and he never called so I just gave up on him and we got our barn guy yeah our guy Charlie Charlie who's, great. who's Charlie's a great, great person he came and did the job he came and, and dug the this... trenches and it's a nice little trench all so the guy that built the pen didn't have to dig the trench which was yeah, great it he took, took boulders out of there that's the thing is we live huge huge rocks out of those trenches we live in a river valley right Prehistoric river valley. The glaciers came through here thousands of years ago and dumped every rock within 15 miles in our yard. They said, well, we've been carrying these rocks for hundreds of miles. Oh, we're at Bob and Linda's. Let's let them all go. They'll think that's funny to have all these rocks. Yeah, we probably said it before, but it's true that you can hardly stick a shovel in the ground anywhere and dig more than six inches. Two inches without hitting a rock. Yeah, and sometimes they're small and you're lucky, but some of these rocks are probably two, three hundred pounds, don't you think? A couple hundred. Yeah, I mean they're just, just they're huge. big. And so the pen had to be kind of built around those rocks. They they kind of piled them up, and then some. I think Charlie's going to cart some cart them away to a pile, and then take some home for landscaping. Yeah, but it was. It's but so Linda just did a great job. It wasn't just oh, a matter of oh, let's pick someone out of the phone book and we'll get our pen mm-hmm. built. There was Not a lot easy. of steps. A lot to of like work. And she had to stay on these people, and we had to go through three different people. Talk about the scare you had this morning while I was outside. You heard a sound. Well, it was kind of a strangulated sound, like one of the ducks being killed. I thought, oh, here we go again. Yeah, the mink is back. And I, I put my boots on, and I walked in the front, and went out. He was in the side yard. I said, what is that? Oh, it's it was a terrible sound. Terrible, like, wow! Yeah, it was terrible. It sounded like the uh, last moments of a chicken. Like the Yeah, like the mink was out there again, so I was all paranoid. But what but it Bob was, was standing right out there, so I knew it wasn't. But Yeah, what it was is that these blue jays do a begging sound when they... Um, 
really wants something. But this was a really desperate sounding begging sound, and it sounded like I thought a crow had this blue jay in its mouth because we've seen crows take blue jays out right. before. So I ran to this um, pine tree when I heard the sound, thinking that this blue jay was in danger. And all of a sudden, there's two blue jays, and they start giving me this scold. Like, what are you bothering get us out, for? Get out of here. This is none of your business. We're having a private yeah, conversation. Yeah, leave us alone. So it wasn't any danger at all, but it sure sounded like one. And they could have been copying some sound they heard because they do imitate sounds. Who knows if they heard a sound like that? Dusty imitates sounds that, oh, yeah, and the, that um, he's impressed by. And the blue jays outside, That's they imitate parrot. hawks. Yeah. Right. Right, so they can faithfully reproduce just about any sound you can think. So maybe they heard that sound at some point. So this is the, uh, yesterday was the first day since December 31st that the ducks and geese can be out all day or or almost all day. Almost all day. Yeah. Anytime we're going somewhere, we still put them in, but still. You want to talk a little bit about how they acted outside? Well, they're very relaxed, That's happy, the, the chicken's looking for worms, they're just like waltzing around, laying around, laying in the sun, having a good time, going in the pool. Yeah, they, the thing about it is that they look so relaxed, because before relaxed. they would be out about an hour at the most, well, and, and we would minutes. usually be in the vicinity. I would go down to the river to look for birds, but I'd always come back and kind of march around the area for a while. Um, before I threw my foot out, I did something to my foot, I would actually walk in circles around the barn to try and get some exercise. And so they'd see me every three minutes rounding the corner of the barn. They were always a little bit, I don't think they ever were totally relaxed. Oh, I don't know about that. No, I think they were happy to be out. Right, but now... Now you see now them sleeping, like, oh, lazing in the sun. This is our new home. Yeah, yeah. they're just—it's just wonderful to know that they don't have to be in that little room all the time. We are just—I have to pinch myself to believe. And this guy built this pen in two days. Yeah, I'm sure that was a three or four day project. And um, gosh, he's just such a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah, what, just loves animals. Told us all about his horse and his little miniature horse and just yep. a wonderful Now, guy. we already had a pen outside, and this is sort of odd. This would only happen to us. This is a really busy guy that did not have time to do this. He did it because he felt sorry for these animals and being an stuck animal in that lover. pen. He's an animal. He says, you know, I have a soft place in my heart for animals, and I just didn't like that, those guys being stuck in that little pen. Yep. But he I, had compassion for our animals. He did. He Thank did. you, Lord, for this man. But I wanted to say that what's funny, this would only happen to us, is this is a pen inside an existing pen. Yeah. We have a pretty big pen outside, and we can't afford to put hardware cloth. Hardware cloth costs just a fortune. Oh, yes. It's a real tight mesh, heavy fencing, heavy for its size. And we could not afford to do the whole pen. And so what we did was we took an area that was... Pretty large. I think it was like 10 by, 11 12 by, 20. by 18 or 12 by 20, something like that. And we already had these big supporting posts that hold up this kind of a roof uh, struts with netting on top. We use that as a boundary. And so that's the boundary. He wrapped and, it around that. And so like uh, any animal first has to get inside the main perimeter and get through that and um, nothing big will ever get anywhere near that because our regular fencing will keep anything big out. Right. And then if it gets in there, then it has to try and get through the hardware cloth. And the hardware cloth is a half inch mesh and it's going to be, I don't know how anything's going to get through there, so right. we're hoping everybody's safe. Yeah, now. the only thing that didn't get replaced was the ceiling is like a very mesh. mesh. I but don't you think know, anybody would go up there. No, a mink would have Couldn't to be kind of do a tight thing. rope walk out to get there, yeah, and someone pointed out to me 
that they don't if, like climbing if raptors, much. you know, if hawks and things haven't been able to get into the pen, and there was only one instance where one they, time they did. One time they did, and it was on the boundary. Yeah, so that we're, on the boundary. we're probably pretty safe, and yep. also we're not keeping them there overnight. We're no. keeping them in light of day. So. Yeah, yep. we go check on them all yep. the time. So that's so life is easier for our animals. Yep. So that brings us to the end of the show. I want to mention about Kitty Cornered. You can read the first chapter of Kitty Cornered online. I have the first chapter, in fact, of all my books posted on my website. And there's photos of all the cats in the book and um, several pages of photos. And, in fact, there's photos of many, many animals in all our books. So you go to... Nice photos, too. Yeah. You go to bobtart.com, B-O-B-T-A-R-T-E.com. And please check out Kitty Corner and read the first chapter. And if you like it, just buy 10, 20, 30 copies of the book, you know. So uh, We still want to hear your stories about your pets. Let us know. Yep. Uh, email me at bob at petliferadio.com. I'll be happy to hear from you. So, Absolutely. So um, thanks to our producer, Mark Winter. And thank you to you for listening. And Linda, thanks for doing another show. Yep. It was fun. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.